En el momento en que se pone difícil y te empiezas a tener dudas, siempre estarlo recordando. ¿Qué tan importante es para ti? Moving on, Alexa Moreno from Mexico. That was great too. A little pipe down, nice. but. Welcome back to season three of Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. I'm your host, Jamie. Today's world-class athlete hails from Mexico. At just 24, she boasts the title of the first Mexican woman to ever win a world championship medal and second Mexican gymnast to make it to the Olympic finals. She has been decorated for over 10 years and named to the top 100 most powerful women in Mexico by Forbes magazine. I'm talking about artistic gymnast Alexa Moreno. My name is Alexa Moreno. I'm an Olympic gymnast. I've been to two Olympic Games, Rio 2016 and Tokyo 2021. And I am the first Mexican woman to won a world championship medal. Alexa, how did you get into gymnastics in the first place? My mother, she wanted me to do something because I was really naughty <laughs> when I was a little kid. And she wanted to tire me. <laughs> so it was her idea, most of it. Uh, my father wanted me to go to ballet, but she was like, no, that's not enough. So let's try gymnastics. It was a long time ago. I was like three years old. Your family sounds so supportive. Tell us about your life growing up. I love my house because I have two brothers living with me and they just treat me like a normal person. They don't really care about sports or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I just go there and I feel so normal and I love that. <laughs> I really love them. Someone who also plays an important role in Alexa's life is her manager, Frida Martinez. Frida, you know Alexa inside and out. For those of us who've only seen her compete on TV, how would you describe her? She's a person that has a lot of insecurities mm. and fears. It's funny because it's like Alexa is super confident, strong, normal, positive. <laughs> but she's not that mood at 8 a.m. She can kill you with, with just one look. <laughs> Trust me. But she's the most perfectionist uh, person I, I know. And she's stubborn as hell. <laughs> but it's a good person. Too. Yeah, she's a good role model because she doesn't know she's a role model. That's her superpower. <laughs> she doesn't know she's that epic. Even if Alexa doesn't think she's a big deal, her manager and her home country strongly disagree. She was also featured in the most viral ad of the Tokyo Olympics. Despite a journey checkered with injury, she's Mexico's most successful female gymnast ever. Alexa, you've had so many successes. What moment are you most proud of? I think it was just being at the Olympics last year because we had so much problems. And so it was 
such a big trouble to just wait another year and a lot of ups and downs. We didn't expect it at all and had many injuries too. So I just wanted to get there at some point. And just being there, it was like, oh my God, I made it. I can really this. <laughs> I'm here and it's fine and, and I'm okay with that. To better understand Alexa's journey to Tokyo, I spoke with someone who traveled with her throughout her training, Daniela Cueva, Alexa's physical therapist. My name is Daniela Cueva. I met Alexa like four years ago to work with her in all the Olympic process for Tokyo 2020. First of all, I think that for all the athletes that were in the process of the Olympics, it was a really on and off situation with their trainings and stuff. But Alexa had like this pretty particular case that we need to change for place of living a couple of times. And there was like always a factor that she was on the peak training pretty good. And then something happened and we need to stop it. First, we start training in, in a place uh, at Baja California in, in Tijuana. And then COVID, we came back to her place of living that was Mexicali, that is like one hour and a half of Tijuana. And then we moved to another city called Ensenada that is in on the same state. And then finally we moved to another state that is called Sonora to make that like the final process of, of the training camp. And then there were Alexa's physical injuries. Gymnastic for naturally, you have injuries all the time. So Alexa had some chronic injuries at that point, but the injury that almost kept her off from the Olympic was the, the shoulder injury. There was a, this lap. She had this lesion like in, on February 2021, 20, six months previous to the Olympics, that consists on the rupture of a fragment of the articulation that is the labrum. The lesion is called slap. What happens is that the humerus bone doesn't get into the articulation, so the humerus is always moving around the capsule, so that causes a lot of pain, and it gives you a lot of limitation of moving the arm and the, and the shoulder. So the part of, of physical therapy was like the most important work because it was really difficult to train with, with an injury that actually needs a surgery. So my work was like 24-7 at that point. Alexa's performance in Tokyo landed her in fourth place in the vault. Something of a miracle, her manager says. When she got to Tokyo, I was like, oh, yes. Because it was huge. Super, yeah, it was huge. It was super difficult. I actually get, get a little bit depressed when she gets her, mm, her shoulder. Mm. Her shoulder. Because the doctors were like, oh, there's not a big chance you get to Tokyo to compete for start. Oh, really? And, yeah. 
and there's what if, if there's a miracle that happens you will compete in one approach maybe oh both and Alexa was like no 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 I'm going and I'm going to do the four apparatus <laughs> wow and she made it <laughs> and you killed it given that Alexa overcame all of these hurdles and was literally competing with an injury that needed surgery I wanted to understand her inner dialogue. Alexa, right before you run down to the vault, what goes through your mind? What do you say to yourself? It depends on the competition. It depends on the preparation you had. Usually, you just try to think in what I do have to do and um, the basic technique because that's like makes me concentrate a lot more because I'm, I'm, I'm very dispersed but <laughs> and I really hear a lot of stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I just like pick the boys that it's cheering for me sure and that really helps me helps me out so I just like focus on what I do have to do because some days we are running and even though the, it's like three seconds only you can think a lot of stuff in that in sure. that moment it's like I, I've had competitions when I was like, am I really here? Am I doing this? It's just an unsettling sensation. Even though I didn't compete like for two years, mm-hmm. I had a lot of World Cups and World Championships and Finals. And I think that helped me a lot to feel really sure of what I was about to do. So when I just get to the final after the classification, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now, now I can breathe. And whatever happens the next week, I know that day of the competition, everything will be all right. It will, it will be fine. I'll do fine. I never had like that type of confidence, like ever. What went through your mind when you landed your vault in Tokyo? I just went, it was like, I don't even care the, about the points. I was just, Wow. Yeah, I made it. <laughs> I made it here and I did my best. And I was like so satisfied, so happy with myself. What makes her performance even more impressive is she achieved all of this despite experiencing incessant cyberbullying. Cyberbullying happens when someone posts or shares harmful or mean content about someone else on the internet social media, apps, texts, video games, or digital devices. Alexa, if you feel comfortable discussing, what was that like for you? Nasty. (laughs) Yeah, like nobody likes to be like criticized in that way. They just like to talk and write and behind their screens. And that's cowardly. Totally. So cowardly. I mean, I just think about the people that know the whole trip of, of my sport career, no? mm-hmm. they really know what I went through. They really know what my fears are too, mm. and what I've been like fighting against, sure. and what I really achieved. It's like, okay, these people really know, and these other people I don't even know, and they don't even know what they are talking about. No. So just let it go. <laughs> just mm-hmm. don't pay any attention to that. And even though they are like sometimes really insistent, I think it's just don't worry it at all. Someone who knows a thing or two about how to handle cyberbullying 
is Stephanie Frederick. She says the first step is recognizing when it's happening. My name is Stephanie Frederick, and I am the Associate Director of the Alberti Center for Bullying Abuse Prevention. When we look at cyberbullying, we tend to look at a parallel definition to what we typically call more traditional bullying, um, which would be like in-person bullying or teasing or that sort of thing. And we typically look for some sort of a power imbalance between the person or the people that are perpetrating that behavior or engaging in that victimization or harassment. So they have some sort of power over their their target. And, and we tend to think a little bit more about power in terms of things like social status, things like technology, um, knowledge of technology. It could be being more well-liked, having more friends. It, it could be a variety of different ways in terms of what, when we think about the power differential. Ironic, given that Alexa is competing on the world stage has global sponsors, and her cyberbullies know nothing about gymnastics yet feel empowered to harass her while hiding behind their screens. The second thing that we think about is the intent to harm. And so the the target or the person is distressed in some way by the behavior. And the third thing is that there's some sort of repetition or high likelihood of repetition. And so with cyberbullying, repetition is like a number of different ways. It could be people sort of piling on and, and joining some of the harassment. It could be resharing posts or videos. Professor Frederick, what kind of effect does this have on someone like Alexa? It would absolutely impact somebody's performance. Um, One of these things can be even just the the fact of ruminating, right? And so you think about some of these comments. And I think a lot of time our advice to other people or sometimes to like our students or like our children, we're like, oh, just just forget about it. Like, don't take it personally. Just forget about it. Move on with your day. And that is incredibly challenging to do. People will be more sort of at risk for online harassment and cyberbullying, the more public they are. And I would say that particularly for women athletes, where it seems as though people feel that they have the right to comment more on women's bodies, right, compared to men's bodies. And so unfortunately, it really places our female athletes much more at risk for very sexist reason. Alexa, what advice would you give to young gymnasts who are receiving similar comments and threats? What would you tell them to do or frankly not do? It's maybe easy to say, just ignore them, but the idea is there. And I think it's complicated when you already tell yourself mm-hmm. that stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I was right. So that complicated thing, because yeah. we are the, the biggest critics for ourselves. But if you like surround yourself with people that really care for you mm-hmm. and that want you to develop in, like a person and in your profession, then you have to like trust them. <laughs> I think we can have two, three big friends and mm-hmm. your parents that they really love you or your coach that they know you and mm-hmm. they just leave everything with you. So that that's the people we need there. Daniela, you saw Alexa every day. How did she deal with the cyberbullying? I think she blocked all the stuff because... I was like telling like, I don't know why the people are saying this stuff if they don't have the, the entire context of being training and doesn't, don't have a interaction with other people that are not involved on the gym. 
Professor Frederick agrees with Alexa and offers this advice on combating cyberbullying at the source. We need to be talking about online safety and how to navigate the online world, just like we talk to our kids and students about how to navigate being safe in person. I think we also need to navigate that within an online world, but then also teaching our kids the repercussions of our behavior online is the same. You know, you are still talking. There's somebody on the other side of that screen. What you are saying is just as hurtful in an online environment as it is in person. And so I think we just need to be a little bit more intentional about, you know, when we're teaching those sorts of things, we are also teaching that within this online world because our kids are not separating, right? When there are online and offline sort of sporadically throughout the day, and it's really not separate for them anymore. And so we need to sort of be teaching this online and in-person sort of behavior together. Alexa, do you think the cyberbullying stem from stereotypes about gymnasts? And do you think those stereotypes are changing? It's constantly changing. It's a big evolution every time. Like the apparatus, they, they change. So I don't even know what to expect like in five years. <laughs> like what are they gonna do? I'm not, I really like the way that it's going though because mm. I think it's a little bit more safe and it's a lesser impact like physical okay. in some way because now that it's safer that we're trying like really weird stuff right I, now right. like it's out of the world sometimes like I, I just watch other gymnasts and i was like how do they even think to do that it's crazy it's <laughs> yeah, totally crazy and yeah. uh, so i still feel like we need to change in more like the mentality because i think it's it has like really old ideas and, and stereotypes and like what it's expected from the the competitors mm -hmm. in that way i think it needs to like grow a little bit sure and, yeah and expand like the way it all is like seen but i think it, we are trying globally to change that it's difficult for us uh, like latin latin gymnasts to just say like yes i'm here and i can do that too mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm i'm at the same level but if they just discard you from the start they have the idea of what perfection should mm. be and if you're not just in that box <laughs> it's like difficult for them to say, oh yeah, totally. She, she's she's doing good. <laughs> totally. Yeah. What, it, what what if you were to describe the box? What is the box of perfection? It's like tiny and like slim. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot is like slim. But not every slim people can be strong. Usually they aren't, and in vault it's difficult for. Uh, just tiny, tiny person to do something big. I've watched it and I've watched people like that just try and they do good, mm -hmm. but not as well as, 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 as other persons. Mm -hmm. So it's like, come on. <laughs> I mean, we are, we're all different and we have like our own abilities. You certainly cannot. But seasons do end, 
So what's it like in the downtime between Olympics? Well, aside from getting shoulder surgery, sounds like Alexa can add entrepreneur to her tool belt. I'm really thinking of, of doing a master's degree. I don't know right now in what like I want to specifically, sure. specifically go. Uh, I like a lot the, the artistic part of architecture, wow. but also maybe the sport part because I, I want to have my own gym too. I want that Mexico can have one gym that can be really reliable. We have very few, few okay. gymnasts and, and they need where to train and feel safe to do the things that they should. I just really don't want the floor to have some hole there. Before going to the world championships, I was doing bars and the bars just like open up there no. while I was doing and, so I fell, and I almost fell on my head and I was like I don't want to go up there again it wasn't even my fault it wasn't even no. like doubting uh what I was about to do it was doubting on the, the gym the equipment yeah right. the equipment so I was like this, this shouldn't happen no and we have like been like that in a lot of time right now. I'll just do what I have to yeah. and, and just like care for that. There were rumors around her retiring and with all of her exciting plans set in motion, I wanted to know what she was thinking for the future. Step by step. Right now, I had um, my ankles surgery like two weeks ago too. <laughs> and I saw the things they took out too. Yes. <laughs> They were like a lot of extra bones there. <laughs> so right now I'm just like in recovery and I think I'll start training uh, around May okay. and just watch how I do. Since after everything I've done to myself <laughs> right now, I just need to, to see if, if it keeps working as sure. well. So right. I'll just start slow and I want to see if I can reach not reach surpass the level I had because mm -hmm. if not, I won't do it. It's times like these that elite athletes need a strong sense of self to persevere amidst self-doubt. And Frida says it's Alexa's fearlessness that will carry her through. When people ask her, are you afraid about anything? She's like, I'm always afraid. <laughs> But yes. that doesn't pull her of not doing the stuff she has to do, you know? Right. And I think that's something we have to learn about her. If you are afraid, I'm afraid right now <laughs> talking to you in yeah. English because I'm not that trained. If you are afraid, you are going to be afraid all your life. You have to start and do the things because if you don't do the things, you are lost. That's not the only thing keeping her going. I try to just go beyond my limits every time. Mm. If I'm just running and I'm like, hey, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, I haven't think. I can keep going. keep going. I'll do better than yesterday. <laughs> so that's kind of the thing I, I usually, it's my mindset for, for that. Alexa, we'd like to end the way we always do hearing from you with an ask of our community. 
So what's the one thing you'd like our audience to do after listening to your story? I don't know. Maybe try a new activity. Oh, I okay. think that's good. Okay. Every time, like I know a lot of people, like they don't really have a hobby because they haven't tried another thing, a new, I, like they haven't gone out to discover something. Yeah. So it should be good to try something. Let's try something new. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into Flame Bears, keeping the fire burning. For more behind the scenes coverage, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn by searching for Flame Bears. If you like what you're hearing, please leave us a positive review. It really matters and we'd really appreciate it. If you missed our two incredible seasons of Olympic and Paralympic coverage, go back and take a listen. Thank you to my amazing friend, Donna Meckler, for making this interview possible. Donna made this interview possible with the help from the Harvard Kennedy School's Mexico Conference. Thank you to my amazing teammates, Marissa Potter and Lizzie Michael. Thank you to Dino Catano and Emma Minto for your ongoing support. We'll catch you on our next episode.